Hello again, my name is Anne-Marie Zanzel and welcome to Coming Out and Beyond LGBTQIA Plus Stories. I am an ordained minister, bereavement counselor, conversationalist, spiritual wanderer, later in life lesbian, change maker, blogger, author, mom of four beautiful children, wife to my lovely wife, Tonda McKay, a northerner living in the South and trying to figure it all out. I share the stories of people who are coming out later in life to the LGBTQIA community and other queer stories. These stories are compelling, heartbreaking, joyful, and inspirational. I started this podcast because we need to normalize exploration and of sexuality and gender at all ages. Plus, visibility is vital to the queer community. It's never too late to be who we are created to be. My guest proved that. I'm somebody that always sort of knew I was gay and I just probably didn't have the language for it. The first time I realized that I was attracted to a woman was um, like in a bar when I was like 19 years old and, um, you know, just sort of like just dismissed it because I thought I would, you know, I've been drinking and I'm like, oh yeah, everybody's attracted to women when they're drinking. <laughs> That's the trope. <laughs> All straight girls are three drinks away from a lesbian encounter. <laughs> That's true. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, um, I just sort of dismissed it. And, and then about three years, about three years later, I was engaged to my, my ex-husband and I went out to lunch with um, a friend of mine from high school. And we just had this really, and she was in, in graduate school and we just had a really intense discussion about the queer community and she was very enmeshed in it uh her and her future husband she's not gay but i remember walking away from that lunch thinking to myself um maybe i'm gay you know and and it was like 1987 88 and i remember thinking maybe i'm gay and i was like well how do you like i don't know anybody who's gay i mean i knew a couple people but you know they were all older men and I'm like how do you do this and there was a gay t uh, bar on the other in a couple towns over and I was like well maybe I'll go there and I asked some friends to go and they didn't want to and and I just sort of forgot about it for a little while um I ended up getting married um to my um now ex-husband and we had kids and I'm going to be really honest with you during my 30s when I was raising my children I didn't think about my sexuality at all it was really busy I had three kids in five years and then I had another one seven years later so I was just really busy being us you know typical working stay at home part-time working mom and doing those things um and then um in 2006 uh, a bunch of things happened um and I read an article in Oprah Winfrey magazine and in the magazine it talked about the fluidity of women's sexuality and all of a sudden for the first time I had a language to like oh you mean you can be with a woman after you've married a man you don't have to stay on the straight path forever you know you can go on the curvy one or the gay one and I it just blew my mind and I remember saying and my daughter laughs now because she has no memory of this conversation but I remember saying to my oldest daughter at the time, who was 16 then, she's now 30, um, she's, I said, you know, if dad and I never, if, if dad and I don't work out, or, you know, um, don't be surprised if I end up with a woman. And she said, okay, mom. And that really, in 2006, was really, it took me about 10 years to come out, it was a really long time. And from, like, the initial realization yeah wait a minute i don't have to stay married for the rest of my life i i can be with a woman um so i did a lot of talking and thinking about it in the next 10 years i had this moment i went to i was pursuing my master's degree at yale divinity school and i remember i was such a good little ally and so i'm like going to the coming out day ceremony at um, the, the Divinity School, which is October 11th. And um, I remember in the middle of the service, I started crying hysterically because like I realized that, oh shit, I really am gay. 
and how am I going to do this? Like I'm married, I've got four kids. I'm in the middle of becoming an ordained minister. And at that time I was in a very conservative denomination, which they never would have ordained somebody who was gay. Um, and I was like, what the, you know, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> and, um, then I ended up for the next five years, told my ex-husband in 2010, um, told a bunch of therapists that I was gay. They all dismissed it, even a lesbian therapist. Um, and I was looking for the experts to tell me whether I was gay or not. And the only person who can tell me who can name my sexuality is me. And I didn't realize that at the time. And so in 2016, I became or I was ordained in the United Church of Christ, a very um, progressive Christian denomination here in the United States. And um, three weeks after ordination, I mean, excuse me, um, the day after ordination, I woke up and I said, this is really actually sort of um, prophetic, um, I said to my sister, who I was driving back to the airport, you know, this ministry work is really, really hard. I was working as a hospice chaplain at the time. And I said, I really need a soft place to land. And so um, that was the beginning of my coming out. Um, soon after, there's a longer parts to this story, if you ever want to read my book, Authentic Peace. But at that point, I realized I came out again to my therapist, and um, that began the process. Um, what I did differently this time than I did the other times was that I um, Googled late in life lesbian, and I found a blog, and I found a Facebook group, which provided me with all kinds of support. And eventually, I met this person. <laughs> This, this person, your wife, my wife, <laughs> this person, and um, that really changed a lot of things. So that's how you know we met in a Facebook group for women coming out later in life. Tonda, however, has a different story. <laughs> and how did you end up in that group? <laughs> well, um, Andrea, who started the group, I was going through. Um, a breakup of my longest relationship ever. It, it wasn't my idea. <laughs> so I was having a really hard time with it. And so she said, anybody, even if you're not a late in life lesbian, you know, you can join the group. And I'm like, well, I'll definitely meet new people in there because, um, you know, having been out forever, you know, there's a lot of, I know a lot of people in the community and know a lot of people that I don't want to date or I've dated or they were my ex 20 years ago. <laughs> well, and also too, with when Andrea did the call for this group, it's now defunct. Um, but when she did the call for the group, she really wanted people who'd been out for a while. And so kind of had a twofold purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was in there for a long time and then I was like, you know, um, wow, there's some really amazing women in this group, you know. Um, but I didn't I didn't do anything. I was helping um, Andrea with the group trying to find housing or whatever. Because they were we were doing they were doing a conference. <laughs> but you have to give the details because people won't understand why they're having housing. Now anyway. Anna's gonna have to cut this out. <laughs> It's perfect. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, anyway, um, this is, people don't care about this part. Um, so anyway, I said, well, if we get a one big house, some women are going to have to stay in a room with two uh, twin beds, which as a long-term lesbian, that wouldn't have been a, I mean, that's not a big deal, you know. But um, I now know that that can be really scary for women who are, you know, coming out later in life or whatever. And Anne Marie said, well, um, on, just, the Facebook page. on the Facebook page said, just put me anywhere. 
And I was like, wow, that's a cool name. And so I looked up her <laughs> name. I looked and up so her. it begins. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up her picture and I was like, wow. I don't know. There was just something about her picture that I was like, wow, I want to know her. And I must confess it wasn't as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have taken that, but I was like, wow. Well, you did take it for a while. You know, she's like got a master's degree from Yale and she's beautiful. And so, uh, so as a joke, I sent a, before I ever talked to Anne-Marie, I sent a, a message to Andrea and said, and Reese says I can put her anywhere. Can I put her in my bed? <laughs> Y'all are gonna have to work that out. You know? like, yeah, we did. <laughs> it was like ha ha, you know. You know, five months later we did. <laughs> and I, I literally messaged Anne Marie thinking I was talking about this subject, the conference, until months after we had been dating, and. She was like, well, we can be just friends if you want to be just friends. And I was like, what? It was just so odd to me. I was like, well, that's pretty pretentious. You know, of course I can be just friends. And she, later she goes, well, you told me I was beautiful three times. And <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, she had no game. You're so, <laughs> you're so beautiful. You probably got a girlfriend and. You know, somebody as beautiful as you. I had no game. No whatsoever. game. It's been like out. It's been a long 15 time. 15 years <laughs> since. I... Hey, she had no game. But it worked. Right. I, I like it. It worked out, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that has nothing to do with my coming out story. Do you want that? <laughs> yeah, we'd. I'd love to hear that. I mean, I mean, I also would love to hear more about, like, the relationship, too. But I think we'll get a little bit more into that in just a little why, bit. Why don't we do this? Why don't you do your coming out story? in a separate podcast because I would like to do that. And then we can, let's talk about us. Okay. This podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so there you were. So you guys, did you guys meet the first time at that conference? No. Um, what no, we were, we no. were already dating. I think. <laughs> but what ended up happening is that, um, so so it was like, so we were friends. I actually even like unfriended her at one point just because, you know, I was like, ah, she's got, because she was, had been dating. She was just really grieving the relationship. Uh, I hadn't with been Meg. dating anyone. No, she hadn't, but she had been with Meg, her former partner for a very long time. And, you know, it really was really in my comfort zone. Like it couldn't have been, like, I look back on it. It couldn't have been, I was so nervous, Anna. I was so nervous. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I had never talked to a woman like with potential romantic interest before. And so. Hey, baby. What's your size? <laughs> it's a whole new, it's a whole new world. Whole new world. <laughs> like, how do I even say what I actually feel? But then not, you know, like the yeah. boundaries are really blurry. Like you don't know, but it's. And, yeah. and for me, I had been in, you know, this basically all lesbian world Queer for so long. For so long. That that I was just waiting in, not knowing what was going. I luckily now, luckily I was completely stupid about it. You know, I was just like it never occurred to me that she hadn't had. You know, that anyone who had gone to college hadn't had a lesbian experience, that never occurred to me because, you know, <laughs> I, you know I think that's one of the courses you have to take in college. Lesbian 101. <laughs> yeah. so I, I missed the course too, Anne-Marie. So yeah. okay. it's, it's called a log, a lesbian until graduation. <laughs> I, I never graduated. But, um, but yeah, so I, I would... You know, um, even when we were just friends, I would say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm probably flirting with you or whatever. And she would say something like, oh, no, I like it, you know. So it was like, hmm. <laughs> she says she wants to be friends. But, I mean, every woman, straight or a lesbian or non-binary or whatever, 
like everyone likes to be flirted with, you know, and and she liked to be flirt flirted with. Well, but one and but one a couple of things I was gonna say is that I was in comfort zone because she was really grieving her relationship with Meg, and so for the first month, that's what we talked about, you know, and I was just like. I was chaplain, I'm a chaplain, so I was chaplaining her, and so I was very, very comfortable with that, and and then um, then we started talking again, and um, after I unfriended her, and she reached out to me, and I really thought hard to like, and she had no idea I unfriended her, by the way, um, but she reached out to me, and she said, you know, I was like, I really thought about it before, whether I wanted to answer her or not. It took me a couple of days to answer her. And, um, and then we started talking again and, you know, it was very, very friendly. It was just friendly. And, um, I went to New York city. It was about the right, the week before Christmas. And I met a bunch of women from that group who were in the process of coming out later in life. And I had a really, I really had a horrible time. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I, my ex-husband had just outed me to a friend the night before. I was really disappointed that he had done that because I wasn't ready to tell any of our like marital friends that what was going on. Um, and, and I went out with them and everybody was coupled. And, and it was this picture from, I just saw the picture because I was in the group and they posted to the group and there's like everybody on one side and in <laughs> real was like <laughs> leaning over. I was like, that's odd. <laughs> yeah. Body language, you know? So we, so we started, I was on the train coming home and we started texting and, um, she a couple times before had, had said, Hey, do you want to talk? And I'm always like, no, no, no. Because I knew if I started talking to her, it would go to another level. So I wouldn't talk to her. And so we were texting and then, um, she said, do you want to talk? And, um, I'll never forget this because I was driving up the hill from the rail, rail, uh, railroad station and I, um, I said, and I put her number in, and I said, if I call her, this is going to change my life. I don't know how I knew that. I mean, I knew it was going to change it, even if, you know, if it ended up just being a couple month flirtation or whatever. And so I did. I called her. And uh, which I think to me, that was like one of those acts of bravery you have when you come out. And then she answered the phone and, oh, my God, she had this southern accent, which I didn't expect. <laughs> I didn't what, expect what that. What did you think, darling, that I was going <laughs> to... I forgot she was Southern. Tonda always wished, now Tonda wished she had gone North when she was a young Oh, my like, God, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now there's not as many repressed women. <laughs> they always used to talk... I didn't even know where it was. They always used to talk about, there's a place called Northampton, and they have all these lesbians there. And we would always talk about, we should go, you know. <laughs> Northern lesbians. <laughs> I should have gone. <laughs> so, um, so we talked, and and then a couple of days later, hold on. Okay, <laughs> you get to go on. Uh, so when she called me, that's the she had put on a really brave face as far as when we're messaging, and when she called me, I heard her fear in her voice, like I had not heard it she's like oh my um at the time her husband or whatever we're you know we're getting divorced it's amicable you know this was all what she had written to me but when I talked to her I just heard all of her fear and so that's when I wasn't really chaplaining her but I was like oh she, was really, she needs yeah somebody you know and I told her you know, I said, <clears throat> it's very, very different to be, there's nothing wrong with a bunch of people who are just coming out, but that's very different from, you know, my friends that have been out a thousand years. We don't talk about being all, you know, we don't, it's not an issue anymore, you know, there's like a difference. It's not, um, we just exist just like it's no big deal now, most, most women who've been out a long time and I think you know she had a hard time with 
that being the fun, I mean, that's why they were meeting. So obviously that was the focus of it, you know, and, um, like before I met Anne Marie, I hadn't talked about coming out. I, I didn't even talk to my friends that about coming out. She learned all their coming everybody, out Everybody, everybody tells me they're coming out story. Absolutely. We have met more people randomly that sit down next to us and are in the process of coming out. I don't know. Is that the universe, Anna? But I, I honestly, I, th I think it is the universe. And I think, Tonda, you have like a really good point, right? Like when you're first coming out, it's like this really overwhelming experience. And, you know, I realized I haven't even been out 10 years to my own family. And and that, but the further away I get from it, the more I'm like, oh yeah, I used to think about this all consuming all day, every day. Mm -hmm. So I think having someone in your life that, that knows that it's not, it doesn't have to be the focus, like it's a piece of you and we need to honor it, but it doesn't have to like, everything about you isn't because of that one thing. And it is about that one thing all at the same time, but it, it just becomes a focus that's different. So I love that you got to show and stand for Anne Marie, like that she could find a pathway out of like that, the chaos and the heaviness of what she was facing. Like it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And I think that's why it's so beautiful what Anne Marie does as well, right? Like we're taking the, what we've learned and, and we're going and we're helping those other people. And I think that's so beautiful inside your relationship. So and she still asked my opinion about certain things. She certainly, you know, knows all about lesbian culture now <laughs> lesbian and stuff culture like that yeah. yeah but there is you know you just i mean if you haven't been out for 30 years you know i mean what is it 40 it's 40 years it's 40 years <laughs> it's 40. you know you have you just have um more of an ease about it where i think it's um it's more of like no shit's given you know when you first come out you're like oh rightly so you're like so nervous that people are gonna turn their back on you and that's a legitimate concern but after you've had that happen you've lived through it you're like i don't you know i don't care anymore mm -hmm. you know uh, yeah. and, and i feel that yeah and i've gotten to that place too is that I really just don't care anymore you know but that took a while I mean it's been almost six years now and I remember we were I remember a lot of our first conversations and um where I said she said oh I don't really notice people you know being homophobic or whatever and I was like well you will and it, we were talking about being angry you know like the angry activist lesbian or whatever I'm like, you will notice it and you will be angry at it. And so now, you know, five years later, she's like, can you believe they did that? <laughs> I'm like, of course, me and my friends were like, we're tired. We've <laughs> like got the fire and we're like, we're yeah, well, the, the, the thing is, is that when you live with like almost the ultimate privilege as a, you know, I'm white. I was married to a man. I had four beautiful children. I had a career. I had wealth. You're a minister. I was a minister. Know. I'm still a minister. But like, um, it's pretty privileged in this country. It's a very privileged place to be. And what I didn't realize was my privilege. And when I came out, I mean, yeah, I'm still white. I still have privilege. Um, but, and I'm still able to make a good living and all like that, but I am like, you really realize like how, like how there is prejudice against the queer community and stuff like that. And, and it, it makes me honestly blood, my blood boil because it's so ridiculous. Like you are going to discriminate against me because of who I go home to at night and who I love, like, are you really? Like, so like, I am outraged, outraged, because it's just ridiculous. It's, it's just ridiculous. And, yeah. and so what's really interesting, like my partner, Tonda, or my wife, sorry. <laughs> my wife, Tonda, and like- Sorry, honey, we're married. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and like my friends that like are your age, Anna, <clears throat> that have been gay, they've been out since they were like 14 and stuff. 
they don't they really don't understand what I'm talking about because they have always felt the discrimination but now I feel it but I didn't have the discrimination before we're just happy we're no longer illegal yeah. when I came out it was literally illegal, illegal to be gay to be gay <laughs> I never ever dreamed that I was almost angry when the push for marriage, I was like, they're going to get us all killed. It's never going to happen, you know? And so, so much different now than it was. We still have a long, long way to go because as we know with everything, women's rights, gay rights, immigrant rights, there's just always this chipping away, chipping away, even yeah, when you I, get it. I think you, know. you guys are also pointing to, like, the emotional labor of it, right? And, you know, on some level, I can relate, Tonda, like, with how I grew up in the college I went to. Like, um, you weren't even allowed to say that you were gay while you were there um, until, I believe, like, my sophomore year. If I would have said it before, I got kicked out of school. So I understand some of those components. and. Also, it is definitely a process, right? Like, because you have, like, you know, the fear that you're facing yourself. And then there's the fear that you have to deal with others. And then there's the societal fear and all those shifts. And I love that there's, like, a a way of growing where we, as as we lean into who we are, we can see we're not going to put up with being treated less than the human beings that we are. Right. And that's one of the things I really see in both of you, that it's just so inspiring. Like, you're just... You're just living your truth and, and being yourselves, and it's just such a beautiful thing, you know. Wow. And it, yeah, it's well, honestly, you start to see where, um, you know, not to take over in Marie's niche, but where God is love, you start to see that the hatred is the exact opposite, even if it's coming from the church. They act like they hate you, and, and you're just like, that's not right. They, you know, a lot of uh, the same conservative people try to hate immigrants, and you see all this hate, and all of a sudden, you, you don't hold it all because you're gay. You're like, oh, they would hate me because I'm a woman. You know, I'd be lesser to a lot of society because I'm a woman, you know. I would be, you know, there's all these things um, that you see. It's it's like coming out is one of the most edifying mm-hmm. experiences to show you. I never under, I was very privileged when I came out and I had I didn't really have a good you know, I did not really feel how black people feel or whatever. I still don't feel that way because I have the privilege of being white, but I can, you know, understand it a lot more because I do remember, not to talk about my coming up, but I do remember going, <laughs> oh my God, I'm I'm going to be discriminated against now. And this was yeah. in the 1980s where it was people, and in the South where people really did face a lot of discrimination. At that time. I mean, it was still, AIDS was still, you know, they still used that as an excuse, even though lesbians didn't get it. Right? 100%. <laughs> they right? got that less than straight women. Straight so. women, so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is truly, it, you, you have to see everything in life from a different perspective to put in the right place the discrimination that is put upon you you know oh well the same people hate me hate immigrants they hate you know and a lot of times what you see is the of people who you know are secretly gay themselves Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah so much so i mean you can go look back at the conversation and just you can see some of that pattern coming up and i think you know that really points to me tonda like why the work that Anne marie does is so important because i feel like the more that we embrace ourselves and the more we break down our own internalized homophobia the more we can 
set that stuff aside and not let us stop us from finding happiness and finding love and finding lives that are fulfilling, right? And mm -hmm. I think that that's one thing I really see. And, you know, I want to get back a little bit more to your story here, but I do think- I know, we went off the rails. No, it's perfect, <laughs> it's perfect because I think, you know, like it is something that, that, that holds a lot of people back from coming out or living authentically, but I also see hope around it. Like, yes, it's been there and it is going to keep getting better. And that's because the more we embrace who we are and the more we step into that, the better it gets for all of us. I mean, I really do believe that and see that. And, um, you know, just like you mm -hmm. said, when you first met Anne-Marie, she was like, woohoo, she's got all the fire and she's like, yeah, I'm angry. And you told her and she's like, I don't know. And that's, to me, that's just part of the process of really seeing like, yeah, I'm going to be myself. No shit. No kidding. I'm happy to be myself. So I, I just think that's really beautiful. And I want to hear more about like, what was the moment that you guys knew you were in love with each other? I want to hear about that moment. And I saw her picture. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was dealing with a much clearer head than she was. Yeah. I, I, and we've talked about this. And but... I would really like to talk about this because it's something we see again, over and over again in my uh, secret Facebook group. Um, but so, so, so one day, like a couple of days after we first talked on the phone, I said, I'm bored. And she sent me a picture. I'm going to pull it up. If you want to. <laughs> she sent me a picture of herself in her bra. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the, the the gloves were, like, the gloves were off and we started. I was like, well, this is going to do it. She it's either going to do it or it's going to just kill <laughs> and we started to flirt and that was it like we really really started to flirt and um and about three weeks was it three or four weeks later we met each other for the first time um pennsylvania was our state <laughs> because she was in tennessee and i was in connecticut so we met pennsylvania we met in so many hotels and airbnbs in pennsylvania just to see each other and our first weekend was literally magical. Um, we spent like four days with each other. Which was, we look back on that, and, and that's like, crazy. Like, so crazy. Like we wouldn't recommend it. We for don't anybody. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but it was magical. It worked out. I mean, it worked it was... out. But, but like we look back in that and like, why did we plan four days with each other? That could have been like a. Well, you know what would have happened? Somebody would have went home. You know, someone would have left. So we spent four days with each other and um, we had a magical, really, truly magical time. And, you and know, see, all of my friends have been going, not all of them, most of them have been going, you know, she's just coming out. You know, she has four kids. She is in the process of a divorce. They've just, they were, they were like, very cautious. pump the brakes, pump the brakes, you know. <laughs> and I came back from that and I'm like, I, I don't care if she rips my heart out. I'm just going to pursue this. I, you know. And how many years ago was that? Five. It'll be five. It'll five. Be five. No, six. What? Six. It'll be five in January. Five, five, five. years. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I yeah. love it. Um, but the thing is, is that like, you know, you asked when did we fall in love, and I, you know, Tanda was, we're, we've talked about this, so I'm not sharing anything, um, but, like, Tanda was, was truly, like, fell in love with me first, and I was going through so much stuff, like, I was, my divorce was very brutal, um, my kids were all over the place and how they felt about everything, they were very upset that their parents were getting divorced, um, it, it, it was, I was, my head was just in a million different places and I really, really struggled, um, with depression and suicidal thoughts and all kinds of stuff like that. Tonda really supported me during that time. And it really wasn't until about nine months later, and it was like September of that year, that I realized that I was in a relationship, a long distance relationship with somebody else. And, and, you know, before that it was, you know, lust, 
you know, all that stuff like, like that and just amazing connection that we had with each other. But it she was, was just going to sleep with me and then we went up. No, we both were going to do that. Okay. Yeah, you were going to do that. <laughs> no, we both thought we were going to both hit it and quit it. <laughs> that's that's yeah, like this, like, yeah, typical, like well, a typical lesbian relationship, right? Like, oh, no, I wasn't planning on with. having any kind of relationship. So we go to just get something to eat to just, you know, and um, she, she told me this. She was like, damn it, I like her. <laughs> yeah like, so when we went out to eat i was like ah shit i like her damn it and you know we had this really interesting hap thing happen to us um but we were in target and we were just getting some i don't know some supplies or something and um like this energy passed between the two of us like like on and i was like so stunned i actually said something to her and i said did you feel that and she said yeah i did i and felt it but i wasn't gonna say it anything. and i was so stunned that i actually said something because i was like what the hell is this and um so that was you know i you know i guess i was falling in love but i couldn't admit it to myself you know mm. i just couldn't and, and honestly i had I had fallen in love before, but not in this way. It was just different. It was just different. And and I will be real honest. And then there were times when she unintentionally just hurt me. You know, like we we would talk about you know maybe one day living in the same state or you know, and then I'd meet her again. I'd be so excited and she, about moving somewhere. You know, it, and I could tell that her her head was like, "Oh well, I, I don't want this to be the only person that I date or whatever." And I just was in. I was so in love with her that I was like, "I am going to ride." I'm, I don't really mean to say that. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You're say, taking that out. <laughs> You're gonna wait it out. Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna wait, wait it, it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll start in just a second. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, so go ahead, Kay. So, you're going to. I was going to enjoy every moment with her that I could. And from the very beginning, I thought there's there's no way that this, you know, really is sexy, last. classy woman from Connecticut. There's no way that this, you know old dyke from Tennessee is going to, you know, be able to be with her. So from the very beginning, I was just like, this is doomed, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but let's I do it anyway. <laughs> and so then, um, it's like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute. Well, it's going to be pretty until you hit the ground. You know? <laughs> So then we, um, we'd long distance dated for, um, about a year and a half, which is hard. Um, it's really hard because when you know, you're really in love, when you're hard. in love, it, 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 it's hard, like leaving at the airport saying all that stuff. We did all that stuff and it was hard. And we both spent a lot of time doing what we're doing now. We did so much zoom and, and FaceTime and all that stuff like that. And um, then I moved down to Tennessee in 2018, about a year and a half after, about two years after the process started for me. And um, I needed to get away. I needed to change. Um, I needed. I needed to be a play in a place where I was just a lesbian and not somebody who had been married with the kids, where everybody knew my story and everything like that. I just wanted to just be out as a lesbian and, and not deal with all that stuff. And also I really needed to heal from a divorce that really took me by surprise, really took me by surprise. And so we moved down here, I moved down here and we've navigated a lot. Um, you know, her mom, we mo I, I moved here because her mother was ill and Tom's mom died in 2019. We have renovated 
three houses. <laughs> and uh, Oh, and then Tanda had open heart surgery last year. So um, we've navigated an awful lot of very challenging things. And so I asked her to marry me two years ago. Um, and then we got married uh, October. So it was a wonderful week. We had, it was a wedding week. We had a wonderful time. I and still can't believe I'm married. I still am like... <laughs> I still can't believe we're married. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> How did that happen? Well, to me, it sounds like you didn't quite land on your face. <laughs> no, she just hung in there. She's like a, like a, a hair and a biscuit. biscuit. <laughs> That's, what I, yeah. That's what she is. I just, <laughs> I just hung around. I'm like. Yeah. So, you know, like you talk about navigating a lot of things and I think you know, that's something that it really takes a commitment to navigate the hard things, right? And, um, you know, so for me, with my own wife, when we go through really hard things, I always remind myself of why I love being with her. I don't know, is there something that you guys remind yourselves of when you're facing something challenging that actually pulls you together so that you can remember you're on the same team? After we walk away and calm down usually it's the the stupidest stuff that you know um and then i guess lately what we've been telling one another is you know a lot of the fights that we have or have had are not with each other they're with ghosts from our past and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's the trauma from where, you know, like yeah. a, a lot of, like a lot of people in the later in life community and people who are queer, you know, we had trauma- traumatic childhoods and um, especially in the later in life community, we find a lot of people come from chaotic or traumatic childhoods. And so our trauma butts up into against each other. I remember our first big fight <laughs> that we ever had, we were like, we like literally didn't know, like the next day we were like, what? Like, like, she was like, I'm so sad that we're not, I'm like, oh, we weren't really, I don't even know what we were We had fighting. no idea what we fought about. What are about, we fighting we're... about, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, looks like we can kiss and make up because neither of us yeah. can remember, but, right? You know, but one of the things that we've really started to do now is also like, um, to remember that each of us have the best intentions. Mm. And we also really, um, when we do have a big blow up, we try really hard not to, um, like before it would, like, so for me, it, when I have a big blow up, it, it takes me a long time to recover. Um, and so I really work on trying not to be in a really bad place for a really long time. It's hard for me because I get really sad because the thing is, is that Tanda and I have a really good relationship 90% of the time. And then there's that 10% where... I would say 95%. Okay. I I would say say 95% of the time, but then there's that 5% of the time (laughs) where we're going to kill each other. a lot of passion so yeah that just points to how much you love each other right like well you know the thing is is that the opposite of like when you have a really huge fight you know the opposite of love isn't hate it's indifference so the thing is is that neither one of us are indifferent we really get into some really i mean we fight i mean we we that's we've had to really work on it we have seen marriage count i mean we saw couples counselors um, we've done our own work individually. Um, the, the thing that you have to do is develop amnesia. <laughs> you have it. to, you, you have to just say, Hmm, that really hurt what they said. And I'm sure the things I said hurt too. And after you've been with someone for a long time, you know, exactly the soft underbelly, you know, where to go. And, um, you can stand there. One of you can stand there and say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. And then when they go there, you're like, well, they went there. So, and so we have tried to navigate, 
you know, sometimes we're just like, this is ridiculous, you know, it's just like, and it sounds like we fight all the time, but we don't, it's just, um, well, it sounds like to me when there's the, that confrontation, it actually exists because you love each other so much. And even inside of the way that you love each other so much is how you resolve it and let it go. And I think that's very different compared to like a toxic relationship where there's arguing is there all the time. But I think for me, I had this ideal for a long time that the healthy relationship meant I would never argue with someone. Yeah, and I really true. got to learn through my process and looking at the relationships of others that actually it's healthy to have conversations because you actually care about each other and there's something here you need to work out. So I really just see how much your commitment is to each other. And I really hear what you're saying, Kondo, like, yeah, don't go push the button. Even if they go push it first, don't go push the button because you actually give a shit, right? And, and, and I have to say too that probably 50% of our fights, one of us will be able to like, and say let's stop doing this and most of the time the other person will be able to say okay let's stop doing this and we've learned that we really like when we really get in a bad place the best thing for us to do is separate for like someone go out and you know because you know you just hurt somebody when you keep fighting and it's just it's the better the best thing for us to do when we're really in a bad place is to just to go somewhere and you know, I think for me, it is when we do fight and it, and, it, and it gets bad, it's just so incredibly devastating because most of the time things are really good. And so we are learning to really navigate that. And, and we've both done a lot of work. Like it's, it's, you know, no matter what you say, you are 50% of that relationship and it's not your partner's fault, you know? Even if your partner is someone who's a drug addict or an alcoholic, you know, you are probably codependent and, you know, contributing to this relationship. And so we really have to, like, take responsibility for our own stuff. And Conda's done it and I've done it. We've done a lot of work around childhood stuff. Um, we both, as I said, come from traumatic backgrounds. And then we do our own work. We do our couples work together, too. So because we want to be happy. We don't want to fight, you know. And I think that's, you know, to me, that's what makes a couple couple goals of like, you're so committed to going through the good stuff together and you're committed to going through the hard stuff together. And also like to navigate it in a way where like, ultimately you get what you both want, which is to be with each other, right? right. Like you love yeah. each other. And to other. be happy and yeah. to be happy and to create a life together, you know? And, you know, a lot of the work I've had to do has been letting go of my old life because and you know Tanda was much more ready as she said was much more ready to fall in love I mean it had been a couple of years since she had been with Meg and I was like I, I remember when we first met I said to her come back in a year I, I've I know got, she said that again. I was like that's not how this works <laughs> I've got too much stuff to go through and you know I mean part of part of me I mean it would have been nice to have met her a little bit later on because I would have been a little bit more settled and I would have been able to enjoy just falling in love without all the baggage that I had to deal with. But now I'm in love now and I don't have the baggage. So Yeah, and it sounds like you know, you know, and she it, really and it, got it, to show up for you in a time when you needed oh, yeah, someone. And I think that also creates like this unique strength inside of your friendship, but even inside of your partnership that you know you can count on her, and I think that's a really beautiful thing. Oh yeah, Tanda, like I, it, like I always joke she gave me the crash course in being a lesbian. <laughs> but what I mean by that? lesbians, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> well, but the, but the thing is, everybody's different, and there's all kinds of people out there. But the thing is, is that she really challenged my internalized homophobia a lot. Like like I didn't even realize I had, and so. I feel like because of my relationship with someone who had been out for so long, like 30 something years when we met, um, she moved me along faster because she challenged me all the time about like, if I said something, you know, and not she would say, 
You really like the word lesbian, and I'm like, well, I don't like it or not like it. You know, I like, I'm from Tennessee. I'm a lesbian from Tennessee. I have the same amount of emotional baggage with lesbian as I do Tennessee, although I'm not as happy to be from Tennessee sometimes. But you know what I mean? It's like I'm, I'm, I'm a woman in her fifties. I'm, you know, it's, it just is, it's not good or bad. It just is. And I know that that word has a whole lot of baggage for some, but that's what other people hang on you, you know? Hmm. And if, if I was non-binary, if I was, you know, I would say that, but to me, I've always, you know, she loves the word lesbian. <laughs> and yeah, she taught um, you the ways I love. And, I ta- and I'm very okay with the word, and um, um, because really a lesbian means woman who loves other women, and that's what I am. So I have, and I know that the, it's a loaded word for people, and a, and but it it it's like reclaiming a word that has been used as a slur, and other minority groups have done that. I mean, well. I like the word dyke. You know, yeah, in we the like early, the word in the dyke. late '80s. Dyke was like, you know, a powerful lesbian and. Uh, it really jars people or whatever. Well, it was I'm funny like, with my son. I said, Tonda's a handy dyke. And he goes, Mom, you can't say that. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I can, like, son. It's fine. Because she calls me, herself I, that. Yeah, I didn't. She calls herself that. And so, yeah. <laughs> I like the word dyke, too. I find that a really powerful mm. word as well. And I also like the word queer. I use queer a lot. Yeah, um, I think for so many people in the community, it just... Um, take some of the pressure off to fit in a box when we just want to be ourselves, right? Yeah. And yeah. Particularly and I mean, if you're navigating it to begin with, right? Like, it's so, it's a, it's a whole world. Well, the, the thing about, um, <laughs> so I was shooting, I'm a photographer, so I was shooting a night shot in some little town in Kentucky. I think it was Owensboro. I don't know where it was. And this has never happened to me before a couple of years ago. But so I was standing out there and it's nighttime, so I had that really long exposures or whatever. And this truck went by and this um, hillbilly is hanging out the side going, uh, get out of the road, you stupid dyke. I was on the, I wasn't in the road, but he's like, get out of the road, you stupid dyke. And I'm like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're more offended and stupid than Dyke. I love I mean, this. He was like, I, and she yelled after him, I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she was very offended. He called her stupid. I would be too. I mean, I'm not stupid. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like, you wear glasses. You're a woman. You're like, yeah, and. <laughs> I love this. You're a lesbian. Guilty. (laughs) Lock me up, please. (laughs) I used to have a t-shirt that said, roll me in honey and throw me to the lesbians. This is like such a great place, right? It's totally possible. <laughs> great. It's totally possible. <clears throat> I'll, I'll get represents too. So what I just hear in all the stories that you're sharing, that is totally possible to one, like accept and love who you are, exactly who you are. Two, like did it to your say who you're going to be and how you're going to live your life, even if it's later in life. Mm-hmm. And I would also say like that, you're going to find people along your path. They're going to help you lean into and discover who that is and love you. And yes, it might be sad that some of those people, you might lose some people, but you're going to find your community along the way. And there is joy and peace and happiness on the other side. Oh, yes. And, you know, I just, I don't know how to phrase this, but I think that be open to possibilities don't dismiss somebody because they look too butch or too femme be open to 
and if you happen to find somebody and fall fall in love uh, don't throw it away be really thoughtful about throwing it away um because that doesn't happen very often and i almost threw this away a bunch of times and i it is now incredibly precious to me um because oh i want to sleep with a bunch of women or oh i want to you know have some time off and you lots know? of people told her that they were like don't you want to sleep with a bunch of women even I'm my like, kids i mean they're like <laughs> i'm like that's you know no i've actually slept with a bunch i've had meaningless sex when i used when years ago when i was 20 something and i don't ever want to do that again so like that wasn't but the thing is is that I guess sometimes people think that they have to follow a certain path. And my path was, as I thought I was going to come out and be single for a couple of years and then meet somebody. And it didn't happen that way. And, and I really had to reconcile the fact that I ended up meeting somebody very quickly after leaving my marriage. And um, I personally think it was because she had other things to do. She had helped so many people and I consider it an honor to help her you know any way I can help all of these women who are really really struggling and I had not really thought about it or anything you know yeah, but she knew. Um, now she knows yeah now I know and uh, you know and I just the vocabulary she's been there you mm -hmm. know whereas maybe Sometimes you just want to go, not that big a deal, just, <laughs> you know, yes, you are, Yeah, you know. And so I just, you know, it's really important just to remain open, and sometimes what you think you're going to do, you don't end up doing, so I'm really glad that Tanda hung in there like a hair in the biscuit, and... <laughs> and on the same I know I know it's too northern when I said but the thing is is that like I I'm glad I didn't throw it we've never broken up we've had some really bad fights but we have never broken up over the years and um I'm really glad that both of us hang hung in there we you know we worked on it we you know navigated a lot of things but it's very precious to both of us part of it it was is and was that I have been in a lot of lesbian relationships. There's a lot of people in the South. It's very hard to, you have no, you know, especially you couldn't get married. You have no backup Legal. from your family. Yeah. You know, um, we just got married. My dad didn't come, you know, at this point, I don't care, but you know, he doesn't speak to me. Mm. Um, I knew how precious having that kind of, you know, at our age, not that we're old, but I mean, at our age, when you have this passion, you know, um, that is something amazing. And a lot of times I thought, okay, she's going to break up with me so she can date, you know, other women or whatever. And I'm like, well, what that's going to do. And, and honestly, now that she's talked to, you know, About I used to hundreds. tell her, there's a, lots of crazy women out there, you know, trauma begets trauma. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, it sounds like you just don't want me to, you know, date other women. Or she would say something like that. <laughs> now that she's been coaching me, she's like, you know, there are. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, the thing is, is, I was so new, I realized that. And, and so... If you find somebody that you're falling in love with and they're good wood, you know, and good, good peeps, don't throw it away because of an ideal that you have about what you should do. And yeah, never throw it away because it's not the right timing or whatever. Yeah. yeah I the mean, timing will well, always sort itself out, won't it? Yes, it will. And it did for us. One, it of, did. one of my friends is uh, very... Um, very emotionally intelligent or whatever. A lot of my other friends are like, oh, be careful, be careful. And I was like, well, she's just coming out. And she goes, well, that's so nice. She's not going to be jaded. <laughs> and anybody who's been a lesbian for a long time knows what you mean, you know. 
and and I did view things, you know, I got to view coming out and this whole new, it was like new again, you know, because mm-hmm. um, you forget after 40 years. Just well, like, yeah, and know. coming out, I feel like, you know, every year is the class, you know, so like I feel like I'm the class of 2016 and coming out. So my views a lot of times don't match people who are much who are my age who came out a lot earlier. So I am really like, um, you know, like the whole the gender, the whole issues around gender in the queer community, like I, that's how I came out. So it's not an issue for me. But sometimes people who are older just don't understand it. Or like who are my age but have been out a lot longer who just don't understand something. Yeah, because it's just like the evolution of the growth. Kind of like what we talked about and the perspectives of what what gets to be so and how we get to live our lives. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Also, there's like younger, much younger people are like, oh, we we don't have to marry, we don't have to get married. It doesn't matter if we, you know. I have a tendency to just almost jump on them. Oh, what if you're in an accident? You can't go back there. You can't. You've been with somebody fifty years. You don't get to be with them when they die because you're not family. You know, these are things that I have heard. Had to face and deal with for a long time. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, yeah, I do think it is a huge celebration, right? Like, I don't think I ever would have gotten married if that law was not legal, you know? Like, yeah. I probably wouldn't have. And, and there is a lot of emotional uh, weight that came with that, you know, being ourselves and accepting us. And I, again, I'm just so grateful for all the work that has come long before me and before us and even, you know, your generations and the things that that are now available to our community. And like you said earlier, there's still some more work to do, but like what Anne-Marie said a second ago, it's possible. Let's mm-hmm. not shut down what's possible. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it's really beautiful. So my last question for you guys is, is do you have a coming out song? <laughs> oh, well, so what was yours? I didn't have a coming out song because there weren't, (laughs) there was a lot of lesbian music on Olivia records, but I didn't really listen to it, you know, that much. I will tell you that that song, um, by Mary, um, she keeps me warm, which was long after I came out, long after I came out brought tears to my eyes because I thought, oh my God, I wish I'd had that song. Like I, I understood every word in that song, including the Bible verses she's singing at the very end of it, you know, and I was just like, oh my God, it was like, I'd been out for 25 years or whatever when that, and I was just like, God, I wish I'd had, you know, there, there were no songs. You know, and and actually, Tanda and I were talking about that song yesterday because it's the end of the Macklemore song. And I said, you know, I said, reason number uh, 122, you might be a lesbian, because I used to cry when I heard that song before I came out. And um, and and I said, so if you're crying to like coming out songs, there might be a reason. Um, But for me, it was the song. This is me from The Greatest Showman, which became really popular. I'm a Broadway buff. I mean, there's a gay man inside of me dying to get out. Um, But I I really love that song. I I still listen to it, and it still can bring me tears. There was an an old movie called Making Love that came out and was way, way ahead of its time, and Harry Hamblin was in it. There's a song, and I forget. I think it. I forget who sings it, but I think it's Gladys Knight. But it's on the soundtrack of that. And um, my person that I was with, we. I went to see it, and I was with a guy then because we thought we couldn't be together. And that song would make me fall, but I was hadn't come out. I'd actually done the opposite, <laughs> you know. But that song, I that song. Yeah, it's about a gay me. couple. That movie. About a person coming out after he's married, and um, 
I don't know how it got made in 1985 or whenever it was, but <laughs> the universe just pushed that on through. <laughs> I love it. Well, and I, I think it's really beautiful, and I uh, just want to say thank you so much for letting me thank be you, your guest this. host yeah. and for sharing your story and and also just for being yourselves and you know helping people see like what's possible for your life at any age like being yourself is always the best choice mm -hmm. and uh and mm -hmm. there's so much more to be had right like yes i know you guys have been together for five years and i haven't been with my wife for very long either but i do see that because we get to be with the people we love that means anything gets to be possible for the rest of our future <laughs> exactly exactly so, just existing is is just just sitting here with her is so much more than anything else mm. you know i mean when you love somebody that much mm. <laughs> yes all right <laughs> hey, well, thank you so much and thank uh you. thank you hey, Anna. you're welcome